This is the Heath in Pursuit podcast with Heath Hollandsby. Each week we'll have a conversation with various folks who are actively engaged in the pursuit of truth. This is a show where anything can be discussed and probably will. A podcast for the seekers, the dreamers, the restless, the hurt and the broken. This is a podcast for you. Welcome to Heath in Pursuit. Thank you, James. Welcome to another Heath in Pursuit, the first of 2022. And uh, I am here. You might notice that uh, the ambiance is a bit different. And as I said the other day, I don't really edit these shows, so I just kind of record what's going on naturally. I'm outside and it is freaking freezing outside. And uh, got a little drink here, a little something to smoke. We got the heater on, but it is cold outside. And uh, I've got a friend here, Danny Clark. Hey, Danny. Hey, buddy. Thanks for uh, mentioning the first of the year because I, I literally like forgot what year we were in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, COVID life. It's just like, what is a year? It's like 2020 something. <laughs> <laughs> the unit of measurement has changed of like, what uh, is time? And it's weird that right now it's not even Christmas yet. And right. we're, so we have to talk like future tense so that it's present tense when it actually airs. That's true. So I know you, our, our relationship's actually semi-newer. You were here in Tacoma for a few years. Right. You, I was kind of leaving a church that I was working at, and you were kind of coming in, and our paths just never crossed. Like, I knew who you were. I just didn't know you well. Yeah. And then you took off, went to Texas, came back, and somehow we were like, hey, we should chat because we're kind of we like each other. And so yeah. we've hung out a few times. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to just kind of hear a bit about your story, like who you are, what brought you here, and yeah. uh, what what has life done to you this last year so well yeah that's uh it's a loaded question um bear bear my soul here let's just jump in right like yeah yeah well and it's cool that we were able to reconnect because i think you know like you mentioned life had some various mix and matches and path crossings but never quite like settled into a, a groove together so sure yeah um as as heath mentioned I see where to start here. Um, met and married my wife in 2007. Holler. Yeah. So. Is that still a phrase? Holler? Yeah. Yeah. Holler. yeah it was 2005. So you're, you're right behind us. Yeah. Which is weird to think that at our age, like, I thought only grandparents were like, been married 14 years or 16 years. I'm know, like, nope, right? we're there. Yeah. Like, that's us. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty mental. I still don't know. I still don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So, it's weird. How'd you yeah. guys meet? Um, so we actually met <clears throat> at a church, um, okay. go figure, right. I was, I was, uh, <clears throat> had, uh, insisted upon following the pursuit of, of Jesus into relationship and hmm. was fresh off of Josh Harris's book and kiss dating things. goodbye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so definitely was in the throes of how do I do Christian dating? And okay. honestly, I did a bad job of it. So like, <laughs> okay. I didn't kiss dating goodbye. I kissed. You embraced dating. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we met and married and mm. I think like, uh, well, let me actually go, let me go back yeah, yeah. a little, like just to catch up to speed here. Um, and not to make this all about like a faith journey, but sure. like clearly that's what. Yeah. It's life, right? Whatever the journey often. goes. Yeah. <clears throat> so for me, I, uh, I actually was raised in like a Catholic home and oh, wow. had kind of these like glimmers of, uh, of feeling connected to like God and Jesus and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think was always someone of like a contrarian in my, 
in my mind and way of thinking, like always kind of pushing the outer limits and wanting to like make sense of things. Yeah. And Were you ever told that that was not okay? Or like, Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I was too. That's what actually ran me out of the church was people going like, you just ask what you push back too much. Like, yeah. no, aren't we supposed to like, that's literally how yeah. the world works. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, there's definitely a season of life where I look back now where I'm like, I was just a fucking asshole. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I was, I just was not, I was not gracious in that. Like it mm. was, it was very, I was very dissenting and also like very prideful. Sure. Cause I thought I knew things that other people didn't. And I thought I was seeing things people didn't. And yeah. so it would just lead in with like, well, why are we doing it this way versus, you know, like, Hey, like, tell me how you came to this conclusion or like, yeah, what yeah. are you thinking here? Or, like, tell me, tell me what you have in mind kind of deal. So sure. Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah. So had this like very Catholic experience of faith. Okay. And basically by high school was like, it just wasn't a thing that mattered to me. Like my parents mm. had divorced. Um, uh, if you hear any trembling in my voice, it's not any sort of spirit. It is the cold weather. Yeah. I'm li- like I'm on my watch. I didn't tell so I didn't tell you that we were going to record outside. Yeah, but no. I was like going to smoke something and I was like I'm not doing that inside otherwise this marriage will be ending really quickly. Right. But it is uh according to my iWatch right now 36 degrees. Mm-hmm. And you're just wearing a kind of a sweatery sort of and like some very lightweight joggers. Yeah. You look good, but it's it it looks you look like you're about to like die on the top of Everest alone like I feel that way. <laughs> Um, but not because of the company, only because of the way I'm dressed. Nice. Uh, but no, I, so, so actually kind of this weird tragedy brought me into like more of a faith, hmm. uh, experience, which was in Fort Worth, Texas back in 1999. And I say this like, you know, uh, respectfully, but also kind of humorously is that like before church shootings were popular in this country. Yeah, that's true. Um, this was one that some crazy dude went into like a see you at the pole rally and just started shooting at this church. Oh geez. And uh, it was literally blocks from my house. And so I like back in the day when like people were paging you and yeah, you're like, you know, call me back right away. Like <laughs> someone's number nine one one actually was an emergency. And it turned uh-huh. out that there like there's people I knew were in this church. Oh wow. And so I, I like drove to the building and saw like what you see on TV far too often now, which is like police cars and pulling people out and ambulances and just like all the, all the drama and trauma. And, Mm. uh, what did that feel like? Did it feel like you entered a movie set or was it like, this is awkward or like, this is, I mean, it's obviously not familiar. Um, I mean, it was just surreal. Mm. It was like, I mean, it was just like, is this really happening? Sure. Like I, and I remember seeing a good friend of mine with blood all over their clothes. And I was like, I mean, like, like movie style, just like yeah, covered, yeah. you know, like Jeez. head to toe. And I guess someone had been shot next to them and they were like cowering. Oh my God. And their blood literally like soaked just, all over the clothes. Oh. This is, this is going in really weird directions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is great. This yeah, is great. Yeah, it's good, man. Um, and so that next, so, so in that moment, I don't know what it was. And I, and, and I'm like, just the way it happened was like, I felt this immediate sense of God saying to me, like, you've believed in me all these years, but you've never lived in a way like these people who have died for their faith. 
And it was like one of those very profound moments where I literally felt like certain kind of urges and desires and like, Hmm. uh, like I felt like my soul was like reshaped. Wow. And not was it like a like, kind voice that talked to you or was it like, did you feel guilt there? No, I think I felt, <clears throat> I felt sad. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I look back at that and I was like a 17 year old kid and like, sure. who knows, maybe I'd like smoked too many cigarettes that day. and was high on nicotine. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Sure. Like, <laughs> oh, um, man. but, uh, no, it was just this sense of like, yeah, just feeling I don't know. It just, it felt like things finally actually came clear of, of what I should do. That was of like virtue and value and like mm. good, like just being a better person. Okay. So like, you know, I was, I was excited to show up to every keg party and sure, you know, was, was, uh, was very interested in the ladies Yeah, sure. <laughs> and all those things. And so it was, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, wow, like that stuff just, like I've been so into it and it seems so fleeting in this moment huh. is kind of how it felt. Sure. Um, which makes sense. And so, so I started going to this church the following Sunday, which happened to be a Southern Baptist church. So here enter into this Southern Baptist evangelical like world. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know, I just knew I wanted to like re reconnect with faith. Sure. And so I started going that following Sunday was like in the front row ever since, like went to the, Uh like graduated, went to the college ministry, like did the whole thing. And always like, I always had, I think in an affection for, for God and for this person of Jesus that I was Mm. getting to know better. And, and, and like, I don't know where, this quote unquote calling to do ministry came in, but sure. I just felt like I want to do something more than just like living this regular life, hmm. you know, of, of like working. Is that know. what people sometimes would like say when they felt called to ministry? Like, would that be the language you would like, maybe not choose to use that exact language, but that same sentiment? Uh, I think I, um, I think I, I mean, I, I would equate it to someone who's like, I feel called to join the Marines. Or okay. I feel called to like enlist in something. Yeah, sure. You know, like it was just something where I, I felt that going into that um, type of pursuit would be what would be of good good value to me. Sure. And would be giving back to other people. Hmm. So it just felt like this, cool. this thing. Yeah, right? pay it forward almost. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's kind of, uh, and not to get it too mystical, but yeah, I think it's actually a good comparison to just be someone who's like, I want to be a doctor, I wanna, yeah. you know. Yeah, there was a certainty to what you wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah, and this happened to just be in ministry. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, and so basically I had, I had gone through a lot of the traditional trajectory at this church. I've, I've always hated academia. I've okay. barely graduated high school. I screwed up college. <laughs> like I, I finally got an associate's degree in 2008. So I mentioned earlier, I married in 2007 and I graduated in, in 2000. So you can do the math. Yeah. I basically spent almost eight years to get a two year college degree. Yeah. This is like Chris Farley, black sheep. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? What is the line? Like, 
You know, it takes a lot of doctors 12 years to get a yeah. <laughs> college degree or something like that. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so I... Uh, was that since you were a kid too? You were just like, I, this. it's yeah. just not my thing. Well, back to what you called out about the contrarian thing. Yeah. Thing, I think I was so much of just a, like, I always push back against every system. Okay. So an academic system is yeah. something easily to push back on. It's like, why yeah. are you giving me freaking worksheets? I'm not learning shit from this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <Like>, yeah, sure. <laughs> Serve up something better. Yeah. And so I got a whole bunch of the, um, you know, he's really bright if he just applies himself yeah, sure. language. And and then, and then if I was rowdy, it's like, did you forget to take your medicine today? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you keep bouncing through boxes people want to put you in. Yeah. Oh, man. God, that was the worst. One of my friends brought that up the other day where we were just like hanging out in his backyard and he's he's just a witty dude. And he was like, yeah, you know, you remember back in the day when like John or James or Jimmy would act up in class and the teacher would just like in front of everybody be like, did you forget to take your medicine? <laughs> yeah. and like, can't now, do that anymore. Yeah. HIPAA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. HIPAA violations. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that anymore. But or, or like he even said they would announce it like, hey, so oh, yeah, yeah. like over the announcements, hey, so and so everyone needs to come to your come to the nurse's office for your medication. Yep. And it's that was my like, thing too, growing up. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It's weird. Golly. But I also lived in a day, get this, in a private school where my, so I was, I was born in 83. I started kindergarten in 88. Yeah. Through the mid nineties, late nineties was high school. But I was at a school where the principal, the female middle-aged principal would give you spankings. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. You'd actually have to go in. And, I got and, those. Isn't that crazy? Like some, I mean, that's just not the world we're in anymore. But dude, at the time it was like, freaking, it was a two by four. Oh really? No, like she would handle. use her hand and you'd bend over her lap. A little kinky, like weird. <laughs> little weird for school kids yeah a, a two boy four would be less formal maybe yeah it hurt more yeah. but like it's just kind of weird to have grandma's bending you over her leg and spanking i never got it but my friends did and it was always like oh it's so embarrassing i um a whopping I, they called it yeah dude i was play fighting like it, speaking of it's funny how the 90s are like cool again i love it um <laughs> Everything's cyclical. Yeah, dude. Like, so Karate Kid had come out, and I just, we were, like, play sparring in kindergarten. Oh, yeah. And and it was total, like, it was total, like, kid play. And I I remember accidentally, I think, kicking, like, was fake, you know, like, just, ah. Yeah, sure. Like, accidentally kicked somebody. And it wasn't, it wasn't, like, blood everywhere. It was just, like, I accidentally kicked somebody. Yeah, like, that happens. And the teacher was like jumped in and and basically thought I had kicked them out of kicked this other student out of anger. And we were like, no, we were playing. And she's like, sure you were. And so I got, I got sent to the principal's office and the dude pulls out a two by four. That's like with one in that shaved down to a handle and no. had me like bend over and grab like a table and just whack. Was this private school? No, this was a uh, public. Oh, wow. But this, this but in the, the South, South or in te- yeah, this but this was, was Texas. Texas. Yeah, they do whatever they want whenever they want. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Scare them kids straight down there. Yeah, brother. You ain't you, can, you ain't going to put up with that. Yeah. Yeah. You you It's a land where we work bad, hard. You're get a whooping. <laughs> That's whoop so funny. Yeah, it's so funny and weird. <laughs> boy? Boy. Call you boy? Boy. Better get over here. <laughs> show you what it means to get some discipline in your life. <laughs> Uh, that's so good anyway um gosh i don't even know where i am so so i guess so school and i never got along yeah church life was always this thing where in the baptist world it's like 
you go to Bible college, you get a seminary degree, you're an associate youth pastor, you meet and marry your wife in seminary, you become like a, a associate pastor and then you get a church, right? Yeah. That's like the, yeah. the trajectory. The pathway or you could to... be one of those weird artsy music guys. Yeah, that's what I was. I took that route. Nice. Yeah. How did that go? Eh. <laughs> a life of alcoholism and bad choices and yeah. considering killing myself. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I ended. Wow. Yeah. We'll talk about that one day. Yeah. So, so are your parents still Catholic at this time? Like, so, so my you... dad was was, and it still is like agnostic ish. Okay. And my mom is Catholic. Okay. Although she she's, yeah, she's kind of gotten into all kinds of different things. Okay just kind of meandered her way through faith because for some people to leave like a heavily Catholic, the reason I was asking yeah. some people leaving a heavily Catholic family. Oh yeah. Have to do. I mean, it's almost like an, like a excommunication, especially so, even if you're in the Christian faith to go Baptist or anything yeah. Protestant, you are a wayward child. So the funny thing is you, 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 if it, like for those listening that you heard the, I'm in, I was the Texas thing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, te- Texas, <laughs> The Fred Armisen skit. Yeah, he's so good, dude. He's like, yep, up here in Dallas, Dallas is real tight, but, you know, Austin, Austin's real loose. A little molasses-y. Um, but, uh, so my, the, so my mom is a Polish immigrant. Okay. Hey, I'm the son of an immigrant. Anyways. <laughs> hey um, But, uh, <laughs> so my, so my mom's a Polish immigrant, and so my grandparents were like hardcore Roman Catholic. Okay. Um, and my my aunt had they all they all immigrated to Chicago post war, right. and my aunt married this uh, Italian guy named uh, Joe Spano, like very Italian. Oh yeah, that's a mafia name. Oh man, and uh, I remember at some point in my like, I I decided to get no I I didn't decide to I was I was forced into the agreement of getting baptized rebaptized because oh. I hadn't had a full immersion. Okay, you were right? sprinkled. Yeah, well, I was, I think, yeah, christened as a baby is how the ba- the Catholics do it. Yeah, sure. And so uh, I had told these cousins and my my aunt and uncle I was getting baptized, and they were like, they were like, what what are you doing? <laughs> hey, what, what are you walking away from the faith? Like, what's going on? Oh, man. And it was, and so they got really up in my face. My grandparents were kind of just like, oh, 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 like just, <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's but, like religious uh, turf wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a little bit of that, but thankfully my family w- was already kind of removed from that. Like hardcore, sure. like my cousins all went, like went to Catholic school their whole life. Okay. Kind of thing. And went to like Catholic colleges. And like, in fact, one of them is a teacher at a Catholic school, the same oh, one wow. we went to. So there, so if I had that, it would have been bad. Sure. I only got like a tinge of it because they're like extended family. Sure. Um, so, so here I am, uh, in this world of Southern Baptist life. And, and I joked about like the forced into the agreement of baptism, <laughs> yeah. but essentially <clears throat> I hadn't, what I, what I now see or, or now, I guess would it retrospectively is how, like, I was just moving through these like agreements sure, and moving into into deeper theology but it was only the only stuff that was aligned with the church sure. right and only yeah. aligned with like sbc and evangelicalism so yeah and so i mean far too many people probably have that story uh either either 
they were exposed to that and said, fuck it, like I'm out. Yeah. And like didn't even go there or they went there and then are some, some are still there and some are, I think now reeling from some of that realizing like, oh, I was sure part of that. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. this whole like community bias and all this stuff. So regardless at the time I was really interested in doing overseas missions and had done some of that as a young person in college. Okay. And was actually really, I, I still look back at that time very fondly because we actually did missions like with zero agenda. Wow. Like we just showed up and we're like, we literally spent the first week just praying and like trying to figure out what the heck to do. Wow. So it wasn't this like, show Feels really up and honest find though. this person and like yeah. start teaching them the Bible and then convince them to come to faith. It was just like, you guys were relying on something bigger than yourself, yeah. right? Like it wasn't just, yeah, the way the way you just described that was really kind of a, yeah, it was beautiful because we would always have these agendas and we'd show up and like, even if what our agenda was and what the needs of the people were, were totally different, our right. agenda always won. Right. And so it felt like what you're saying is like, man, it was maybe a little backwards than, than something I would have experienced growing up. Yeah. Like, dude, it was, uh, this is, maybe isn't funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, there's this dude on TikTok that like does these, he's not really attacking like Christian stuff, sure. but he, he definitely is making light of it. Yeah. And he's a, uh, he's a, uh, a black dude. And so he was acting as though he was a Nigerian, um, like uh church person. Oh, okay. This like, he's acting like, out as though he's this person <laughs> and he's basically like, acting it out as though he's this Nigerian person explaining to a, a American mission team what they're going to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he was just like, I can't do a Nigerian accent. He's like, you're going to come paint the wall that's already been painted 126 <laughs> times <laughs> and say that you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> oh, that's good. And it's just like, I mean, you know, I don't, again, I'm hopefully through this, if anyone's like staying with me on all my blabbering is, uh, <laughs> My goal is never to just like throw it all out, but it yeah. is to just look at it critically. And so, it, hmm. you know, I like lots of friends went to Mexico and helped, you know, build houses and stuff. And like, yeah, you know, there is good on both sides of that, but there sure. is also kind of the, the comedy, if you will, that like totally these white Americans predominantly show up in this country and like do something that that we kind of need but they're really excited. They almost about, need it more for themselves than we need it. Yeah. 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 And then they're gone. Yeah. And then they leave us with like <laughs> pieces to pick up and like try to, you yeah. know, and obviously no one's intention is to, to disrupt communities like that, but sure. inevitably, you know, it can happen. So I think one of the things, and I've told you this too, just in our friendship is where you and I are different and where I want to be like you is you just said, I don't want to throw the whole things out, the whole thing out. I just want to look at things critically. And I am so much more cynical where I, yeah. it's almost hard for me to even have a desire to go try to find a diamond in the midst of this rubble. Yeah. So I'm curious, like how did, is that just kind of how you're wired or was, was there an instance where you're like, no, this isn't worth throwing though. Cause for me, I'm like, I see very little in American evangelicalism yeah. that is worth saving. I don't, I mean, <clears throat> almost nothing. And yeah. so I'm I'm way more prone to burn it down and let's build a new. And you seem to 
You just have, you're not as cynical and I don't know how I can be more like you there. Well, that's, that's too kind. And you did share that with me a while back and it, it, Heath, it means a lot because I appreciate that, that honesty and yeah, kindness. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, well, I can, I, I definitely would love to speak to that. Would you rather I answer that throw throw something out now or or can yeah, wherever we, we can we, pick up on the story later we could go yeah, so well let me speak to that yeah, yeah just, sure I'll, and then we can just jump back in wherever we'll kind of I love unscripted podcast I hope the listeners do they do and this is where I say like if this was edited you would not even know that we just had that little sidebar okay, great, conversation perfect. so yeah let's just keep going and we'll see what happens well so I I guess I'll I'll share a couple things that have come up so one is um. Over the last couple years, and particularly, like, me, I think, officially deciding to, like, abandon evangelicalism. Sure. And, and walk away from those agreements. Sure. Um, is, I think, I don't, I can't, I can't tell you where it came from, um, necessarily, but, like, over the course of the last couple years, in, in particular with politics, and in particular having... Uh, which maybe I'll get to, maybe I won't. It's no big deal. I moved back to Texas at one point, yep. like at, having been out of Texas for many years. And when I got back, um, I just realized like so much stuff is rooted in fear and shame, yeah. right? Which like we know through, if, if you if you become acquainted with trauma, like those words Im- immediately come to the surface. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But I wasn't, I don't know, I don't know how I, I concluded it. I honestly don't. I think I was just trying to get to the root of these. So back to maybe that, that root cause analysis way. I just, I just think hmm. I I was like, man, all this shit I'm seeing is like rooted in fear, ego, and shame. Oh, wow. And, and like, and juxtaposition. Like that's my fun uh, little, like. That's a fun word to say to you. Fun word, juxtaposition. But dude, that's where it's like. And did that stem from a culture shock of like going to the West Coast and then back to the South? I think so. Yeah. That did it for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Being on the West Coast, born and raised, and then moving to the South oh, and then yeah. coming back here. It was almost the opposite of like, I grew accustomed to the South real quickly, but then once I moved here, I was like, oh my gosh, I really did. Yeah. That was a weird experience of my life. Like it was very different than what I was raised in and, yeah. and this and that. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think for me, it's jokingly like the Northwest is, is, a very sensitive, very yeah. sensitive culture. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the South is not. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, like a very pretentious, very self-assured, like very confident. Yeah. And, and some of that's like, yeah, the South pride was like that, you know, I walked uphill in the snow five miles both yeah. ways to get to school and out here in the Northwest is like, but what do you do if you're vegan? Yeah. Chi- what if you do if your child has a gluten intolerance? Yeah. The South is like, no, we, Shut up and eat the peanut butter sandwich and just yeah. keep walking. You know, it's very yeah. different. They're like, you know how hard I work for this peanut butter jelly? You just yeah. eat the damn thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, and and again, not, like not to just throw the South under the bus, but like there's some good grit and hard work and determination sure. in that culture. And like like people can just kind of be uh, stuck in their in their ways. Yeah, and, sure. Like unwilling to to uh, to break break out outside the box you know yeah 
And that culture is so rough about ostracizing people who don't, who don't agree. Yeah, you exactly. Know, and some of that I think is, is the, the church culture and some of it's just, just Southern, but sure. So for me, I guess, um, I, that's really what I go after is fear, ego, shame, juxtaposition is just a fun yeah. thing to wrestle with. Cause it's like, you know, uh, in this situation, like you're this way, but in this situation, you're this way. Like, why is that? Mm. You know? So that's just, I think a way to like peel back the layers. Yeah. Um, but dude, I, like I texted you the other day. One example is like seeing some news article, just, just an article, everybody don't freak yeah. out. It wasn't biased. Yeah. It, wasn't, it was it wasn't literally, a it was literally fact based just, article, but there's a dude in some retired firefighter in, Arizona, some city in Arizona making, uh, art, uh, bulletproof armor that integrates into like backpacks and clothing for kids to take to school. Yeah. And I'm just like, is that crazy? I'm like, he's going to make money. Oh yeah. Cause fear works. Cause fear works. Um, he's going to sell it. He's going to market it with fear, right? Yeah. He's going to say like, Oh, like, you know, Worried about your child getting killed at school? Buy yeah. my body armor. Yeah. <laughs> like, have peace of mind when you drop your kid off, you know, at the end of the day. It, like, you'll see him at the end of the day when you pick him up, you know? And half of America will will champion that. Oh, yeah. But then what's crazy is 100 years from now, I think people are going to look back at 2021 America the way we look back at 1940s Auschwitz. Yeah. Just like, wait, you lived in that hell? Like, yeah. that was actually a reality. I mean... This week, I took my kids and family up to Bellevue to go watch Snowflake Lane. Oh, yeah. Child performance where it snows, and it's yeah, yeah. it's a parade of wonder and Christmas. And we were towards the end of the parade line, and on both sides, they shut the roads down with, like, Penske trucks. Mm. And there was three or four Bellevue police officers with the AK-47s hanging off their chest. And there's, yeah. like, kids running across the street five feet in front of them. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, th- this is literally, like, what we look back 60 years ago and yeah. go... I'm glad we have photos to prove that those guys weren't just BSing us right. that this actually happened. Like, no, you're at a children's parade and there's police covered in AK-40. Like, that's yeah. the world we live in. And people are going to profit off well, of that. Well, and dude, I, I mean, I, like, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I get it, dude. I mean, I, I get it. I grew up, maybe I don't need to qualify myself having grown up in Texas, but like, f- there was a time in my life where I concealed carried a handgun. Yeah. Like in a very zealous manner, not like this fear-based thing, but like, I just want to be the protector of the unprotectable. Sure. You know, I know there's bad people out there who are going to do bad things. Like yeah. that's going to happen. That's the world we live in. I want to be someone who can step in if, if that time ever happens and do yeah. something to, to help people like the defenseless. Mm. Right. It wasn't just like this, like thing you see on TV where it's like, yeah, Anyway, yeah. I, I don't need to keep like doing my Texas accent thing, but, <laughs> um, it's just, it's again, I think there's like some merit to that and this dude making body armor, but like hmm. the people that are stopping and saying like, hold on, this is super fucked up. Yeah. Like we live in a country where my kids literally, instead of doing like tornado drills or nuclear fallout drills they're having to like do lockdown drills and barricade themselves in the classroom yeah active shooter drills and it's like and now you're gonna load up a kid with like lightweight body armor that only weighs three pounds and like physically your child's gonna bear the burden on their back of 
our gun violence in our country, right? Yeah, because we can't deal with the actual issue. And and yeah. it, it's not an easy thing to solve. Like he, like hear me, this isn't like an anti-gun thing. It's just that like what what eats me up is like why is nobody stopping and being like, hey, we're we're like this is an this is a fear-based like yeah. thing. This motion is all rooted in fear. And I maybe you could argue that there's like that hero, you know, thing, but then like if you're gonna argue the hero, then who's the villain? Sure. And it's like anyway, it just gets in this whole So dude, that's Well then it makes me wonder too, because you're also seeing the opposite of that in the COVID world these days. It's like, no, we're not gonna mask. We have no fear. We fear I I read uh, this guy Owen on Twitter, is it he's another piece of work. Yeah. Uh, a beautiful reformed piece of work. But his whole thing is like the only thing I fear is God and, and the consequences of my sins. Right. And I'm like, I mean, I mean, I guess you have this sense of fear on one hand, and you also have this religious sense of don't be afraid of anything unless God, like, yeah. I, it's just a weird juxtaposition to live in. Like it is like, are we supposed to be fearful? Like, I don't want to live in fear, but can we be afraid? Can we like, yeah, some guy's marketing body armor for kids and about to make millions of dollars off of it. And then I have, religious leaders leading institutions saying you know f the government we don't need to listen to them because yeah. this is a this is all fake and the only thing we really need to fear is god which is right. yeah well, what, like <laughs> what does that even mean what are you supposed <laughs> to fear about god yeah well and wrath. and that's um so i mean those were so i think those were the things i wanted to like hmm. if ever i saw fear ego shame I wanted to, I wanted to kind of attack it. Sure. Um, and even that word I did, and even that method like wasn't favorable all the time Yeah. <laughs> cause I would just antagonize people or sure. It's, Anything it's I've humbly. ever attacked has always attacked me back twice as hard. Yeah. Right. 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 You try to, I mean, you hear these stories of, the, of like these reformers that stood up to power and you're like, yeah, every time I've tried that, man, I yeah. just get beat down twice as hard. Well, mm. and that's what was happening mm. is like, I would get into these conversations where I, I would just say, Hey, like, you know, like help me understand, like walk, walk me through why, like, w- like, why do you think that I can't be a Christian and vote for Joe Biden? Like, help me yeah. understand your position. Sure. Cause like, I mean, that's what, what I was told or like, I couldn't, uh, like, I remember posing a question of like, Hey, like, w- like what if this, this again, a very uh, community biased agreement about LGBTQ um, which I think all evangelicals essentially are pretty much anti. Sure. Like they're like, want to be very clear that yeah. it's Jesus it's loves sin. you, but I can't. Yeah. So you stop loving yeah. certain people. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I would pose those questions in a, in a curious manner because it's like, it felt like there's a lot of fear there. It's like, well, what's the fear behind, you know, if Joe Biden was elected, like what's going to happen? Or if like, you know, like someone who's, who's LGBTQ shows up at church, like what's going to happen? Like, Oh my God, like, yeah, yeah, what are you worried about, man? Yeah, seriously. And people would like literally tell me, I'm not going to even answer that because you're a heretic. And I'm like, cool, bro. Like, guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what a narrow way to live. Yeah. Or, uh. you know, or I had like, I had this whole in Facebook's, I mean, a terrible place, but it's only a foreshadowing of what's to come in the metaverse. So mm. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I had this whole community of people just dogpile me about like 
saying that I was a centrist and probably not going to vote for Trump. And they're like, how dare you? How can you even be a Christian? And I'm like, how can, how can you? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you talk about where, where do we start? Uh, so, so yeah, I think mm. so for me, I try to, I try to go after those. And I think w- where I try to meet fear, ego and shame is with love, compassion and empathy. Huh. And that's really where the the rough and tumble happens because some people, those concepts are like non-existent. Yeah. And when you try to come in with, with empathy and compassion, they don't even know what to do. Is that something that like takes work? Cause, cause I'm like, of course I want to come in with love and compassion and empathy. Yeah. I just, I don't know why. Like, would you say, no, that's something that has to happen spiritually to you? Or is it like, no, you can work hard enough to get there. Cause I, I just, Dude, I, I can't know, get man. there, man. I want to. Yeah. But it seems like no matter how hard I try or for years, how much I've prayed for something similar, I always end up showing like the a-hole at the party that's pushing buttons unintentionally. Does that make sense? It does, man. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a really good question because I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is that inspired that in me, I think there's definitely some experiences I've had where I was just heartbroken for people. Hmm. Like, like I was in general management for retail spaces for a long time. And I remember like we had this whole mix of, of, of a community that was everything from, you know, trans to, to gay, to, you know, straight to, you know, very traditionally married with kids to, uh, like hyper conservative. Like we had this whole spectrum of people in this workplace, which is super cool. And like, um, at one point there was some, I'll, I'll leave names out just for the sake of it. But there was like one of our CEOs, you could figure this out if you really wanted to, uh, came out as gay. And there was like, most people were like, cool. And then Mm. there was some people who were like, I got to find a way to get out of this, this devil workplace. <laughs> I can't. All of a sudden the, the thing you were selling was a crap product. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow you touch it. You're going to end up liking other guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so there was a couple people who honestly like just straight up quit and really they, and they quit because of that, that particular thing. And, uh, and I remember at one point, uh, one of my employees came to me and was like, Hey, you're a Bible guy. Right. And I'm like, Oh geez, where's this going? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a great way to lead into any conversation. Uh, and, and she's like, do you hate me because I'm gay? And I was like, Oh God, I was like, no, I was like, I don't. Do you think that was a fair question for her to ask? Uh, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was moments like that where I'm like, there was a part of me that old me would have would have been like, well, I don't hate you. I just, it's like, you know, love the sinner. Hate yeah, the sure. Sin. Hate the sin. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then there was a part of me that's like, like when you really experience, I think like love and community and connection, mm. I don't know. It's just like, they're like when someone's an asshole, like you don't want to be around them. Yeah. And I think for me, I don't know if I'm like super governed by, fear of other people and what they think. Sure. I just, I do know like part of my Enneagram one thing is like 
I'm so governed by wanting to be integrous within myself. Yeah. That like my inner critic is so loud huh. that when I'm, if I'm saying or doing something that would come across as attacking or come across as judgmental, like I'm almost beating myself up before I even get it out. Wow. If that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, that, like, how does that, how does that, how does that motion work for you? Like what, hmm. what do you do when you're, <clears throat> when you've taken a step back and you realize like, Oh, I was just an asshole in that moment or, or like, or like leading into it. Like, what is it that's, that's like, I'm going to lead into this with yeah coming in hot. So it's interesting. Like, um, you just mentioned Enneagram one, I'm an Enneagram four, which is like the romantic, uh-huh. you know, it's the artist. You have healthy fours. And then you have really unhealthy fours. Like fours are the ones that are going to kill himself. And right. the, the the way somebody described a four one time was so good. And they said fours are the only number that can actually sit with the darkness of the world and mm-hmm. not have to change anything. Interesting. And so I think that's and where I approach. The, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to live under that burden. No, dude. I mean, for, being a four sucks. Like, yeah. I mean. I wouldn't wish it on my enemy. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful in some sense, but on other side, it's like, Jesus. But so when I approach those situations, I go in with the with like the mindset of like, well, how bad can it get? Yeah. Let's just rip the thing down and watch it burn and and be sentimental about it burning and then also like kind of hopeful that we get to, as artists and creatives, build something new. Yeah. And I have to understand at times, like, like me and my wife get into it at times because like, I'll say things or I'll feel things that she, that like are like groundbreaking. Like mm-hmm. I've never felt that deeply about something. And yeah. you have that dark of a thought towards this situation. Like I didn't even know people thought that dark. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of just natural for me. Yeah. So maybe that's why, maybe that's why the question, maybe most people listening will go, I don't even know how to relate to what Heath's saying. But for a, a percentage of us, I think we just look at it from the cynical, like, just staring at the darkness and going like, let's see how dark we can make this thing. Cause that kind of lets us know what, what the boundaries are, what we're able to play with. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's weird. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I have to ruminate on that. I hadn't, I mean, I hadn't heard anything like that before. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can sit and like, I'll hear horror stories of like, Things that will ruin my wife. Yeah. For days, knock her out. And I was like, well, that's weird. Yeah. At least didn't do at least he didn't do this. Yeah. Because I have the bandwidth to go even worse. Right. And her bandwidth stopped where mine was like at its positive moment. And yeah. so I just dig twenty feet deeper and she's like, Man, I can't even go there. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess. I guess maybe one thing I'll throw out and just see if this resonates is like, you know, and and not that I have to finish the whole story about faith. I will go there. I I feel like it does like maybe give some arc to, to some of this thinking, but it's like, um, what, how do you consider your like, uh, approach relative to like being in service of others? Yeah, that's a good question. 
I used to think... Huh. I don't know if I know how to answer that. Because to me, I even... Like, the, the thought of service together, like... The thought of everybody getting together in happy times and sure. working towards something positive. For me, I'm just like, it's too good to be true. Yeah. It's, there's no way. Yeah. But I don't let myself lean into the... Like, because I get, like, there's a dark side to each personality and a positive. And I right. tend to live 99% in the dark. I could probably tilt the scales a bit and go 60, 40, something. I just... yeah. And maybe with some of the self-care stuff that I've just recently started doing, I'll, in a year from now, I'll be able to go like, actually, this is interesting. I've changed a bit. Yeah. But right now, when I think about serving others and stuff, I'm like, what's the point? Like, I've given my life serving others, and it's just endless consumerism. And yeah. I'm killing myself to feed greedy people that never once care to pour back into me. And so, yeah. like, I'm I, I, even there, that cynical, jaded... right. That's it. I mean, that is the baseline of how I view things. Yeah. That's interesting, man. I, I think, uh, like, so part of the work I do currently now, uh, part of getting battered by COVID as far (laughs) as like my work, my, my work, uh, experience is marketing. And so, uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if, I don't know if I would have had the same conclusion had it not been for kind of diving into this part of marketing is what I'm trying to say. Mm. But w- what's been interesting is like that whole hero's journey thing. Right. Sure. And like what I've concluded about some of my more conservative friends that I totally disagree with a hundred percent is part of me wanted to be hateful towards them and like hate them and sure. like despise their position. But like back to that sm- small story of, of that's that time in life where I was like concealed carry, like out there to like <laughs> yeah, sure. save the world. Yeah. If someone would have been like, well, dude, you're just, you're like perpetuating this sense of fear and you yourself mm. are being governed by fear and you're trying to protect others from fear. And like, you're thinking that bad people deserve judgment like there's all these these ethics rolled up into that and i don't disagree with them and i don't think they're inherently bad it's just that like what i realize is my what i thought was evil was bad sinful people that deserve judgment that if i can be present and god help me do something to to like mitigate sure then i'd be doing good in the world. And so that was like my hero's arc, my hero's journey. Mm. Right. And so I, th- I think so much of that is dictated by what people think is evil. And at least for me, I would, I would argue that I think humans are governed by this like story and sure. like story journey. And so for me, rather than the evil being like bad, evil, sinful people that are going to come and steal my, my goodness and my righteousness and my joy and my prosperity, I see evil as like we all suffer from fear, ego, and shame. Yeah. We all suffer from physical, emotional, and spiritual deficiency. Huh. And whether someone's like a conservative evangelical or a atheist or a Mormon or like gay or straight or whatever, I'm just like, 
we all have the same problem with this physical, emotional, spiritual deficiency. Yeah, sure. like, we always just feel, you know, some sense of unsettlement or some sense of like yearning, or even if you feel like enlightened or em- emboldened or in, uh, like filled up or y- y- like you feel elated or like you've, you've reached Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> she is in order. Like there's still that quest. Like yeah. you're still not there and you're still going to hurt and you're still going to yeah. face like, pain and you're still going to face despair. Yeah. And so to me, I'd rather that be the evil. Yep. And so to me, I don't know, it just levels the playing field to where I guess like part of like asking that question of, of being in service to others maybe isn't that it's good and great and glorious and all this wonderful stuff happens, but just like the person next to you feels just as shitty as you do. Sure. Like how can you position yourself to be, of help. Yeah. It's a good question, man. Something I need to absolutely work on. Hey, let's do this. First time I've ever done this. Okay. I'm going to pause this and change the propane tank because it is right now yeah, 36 degrees still and it's kind of windy and the propane's running out. Oh my gosh. And so let me change the propane tank. You're going to have to go back and edit the very beginning of this and say like, oh, this is, it's not, it's edited now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to, all I'm going to do is pause it. I'm not going to edit. So I'm going to pause. Okay, okay, we'll take a five right. minute break and come right back. Okay, great. All right, so that took a five-minute break. Got propane tanks in, refilled our drinks. I'm eating some crunchy chips right now, so yeah. you might hear some of that. I love it. Okay, so you're coming to, uh, you're in Texas. How'd you get back to Tacoma? Like, how's that story? And then what happened, what's happened since you've been here? Yeah. So I'll, I'll fast forward through a couple things. Okay. Because um, I know I danced around a bit. That's so. Good stuff. Back to having met and married my wife, <laughs> which is where we started <laughs> right. this whole thing off. Um, had grown disillusioned with like church stuff, it, at least the Southern Baptist thing, just like, again, pushing against the grain. Sure. We initially had moved here in 2010 because we thought we thought we were going to do stuff overseas and the economy collapsed in 2008 right after we sure. married, which why I didn't put more money in the stock market then a <laughs> question. I'll always ask myself. <laughs> oh, in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Now's the time to buy up. Yeah. But, um, basically we ended up moving here to the Northwest because we, um, knew that it was like a very unchurched area and wanted to help and do all that stuff. So I, I came and did like church planning training, which started, uh, at one church and ended up in Tacoma. Okay. And, um, was a part of a church here that, uh, I, I, like had lots of great things happen as far as it, for that time period, like, sure. you know, very focused on the community, very focused on people, um, yeah. you know, kind of upending the, the very extravagant, like consumer centric yeah. Sundays and, and was more about like being, being in your neighborhood and stuff. So there's like cool stuff that attracted me. Yeah, when I uh, described that church and, and having worked there, I always say it was like, it was a church for people that were like, oh, I'll give you one more chance. Yeah, yeah. It no, was like the last chance it. church. Yeah. Because it was so different. It was yeah. enough It was enough familiar. Right. But the way it actually played out in everyday life was actually kind of fun and beautiful. Yeah. Not with its own, like... Look at you not being cynical. Uh, that church just sucks. I'm glad it burned <laughs> down. No, I, but, but you know, like, I, I think it was just... 
it was people that were really just done with the like extra trimmings and were like, let's just get to the heart of this thing. Yeah. And actually attempting to to make sense of life as right. people of faith and falling together and failing and learning yeah. and stepping up and trying again. And so yeah, uh, that was something that for me was like, there was a huge allure there. Yeah. Well, and you, I mean, you moved partly for that same reason. So that, so that's yeah. like back to the top of the, the podcast here. Like that's where Heath and I um, first crossed wires was, yeah. was through that. So yeah. I spent eight years in Tacoma or sorry, eight years in the Northwest. Not all of it was in Tacoma. Most of it was in Tacoma. Um, uh, honestly, like that journey didn't go super smooth either. And I ended up Ditto. working. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. I ended up uh, getting a real job out there in the, wor- in the workplace. I'd basically spent 15 years of my life thinking if I just work hard enough, if I just stay committed, if I just do whatever's given me, I will succeed in this, this, in that initial calling quote unquote sure. to be a Christian like minister. Right? Yeah. Yep. And turns out like we had a couple kids, like you don't make any money at the church unless, uh, unless you're the senior. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like empty promises and stuff. And so I got a real job working in retail leadership and, uh, that's, I've shared some of those stories already. Sure. But that's where um, I was like, man, like, gosh, I'm, I, I spend 40 hours a week with these people and have more like life engagement than I've ever had with mm. a church. Was that disorienting? It was. It was. Uh, that's the promise of the church, right? It's like we're working together for a common goal. And you're like, it's weird that I'm finding this actually not here, but in the place of work. Well, and what, what was interesting I mean, so maybe back to like that compassion, empathy and love component is like in a very kind way that was like being, I mean, obviously in a workplace, like being a dick's not tolerated. Sure. So, yeah. (laughs) So like (laughs) it's, you're kind of forced to be like a decent human being to your, your coworkers. Yeah. Um, And so like. I just started seeing a lot of parallels, honestly. Okay. I don't know if it was disorienting. I think I was just like, oh, like, like I remember one day one of our big regional leaders is like, we all live to serve and help grow this brand, like pointing at the logo of this company I worked for. Wow. Um, and I was just like, huh, that's funny. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what most like someone could say on Sunday, except they'd point at the cross and be like, we're trying to grow this. Brand yeah, yeah. Christianity in this country, you know? So maybe that's a different type of disorienting in the sense of like, wait, maybe my life doesn't need to be so bifurcated. Right. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm like, you know, and, and back to some of that, like the the varying people I worked with, like um, my my boss was uh, was this, this uh, gay woman who um, changed everything I thought about, like hmm. homosexuality. Uh, coming out of this like evangelical Southern sure. worldview. And, uh, and like, I remember one question she asked me once that just like, I mean, I was, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Caught mouth, off guard. Mouth yeah. open. Is she's like, she's like, Hey, uh, I noticed like this behavior I've seen from you. Like, can I ask you about it? I'm like, yeah, go for it. She's like, well, every time I see you like approach a female, you're always like, Hey, how you doing? Like, you look nice today. Like, 
hey, like you're bringing some great energy to work or whatever. But when you approach the guys, it's just like, hey, bro, what's up? Hey, dude, mm. like, how's it going? And you and you just don't have the same kind of care and, sim- and like Interesting. empathy and stuff. And I'm like, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, she's like picking apart my like, <laughs> at constructs, the time, like yeah. my, my gender constructs and stuff. And she's like, why is that? And I was like, uh, bad, bad, bad. Mm. and I was I think I said something to the effect of like, well, I just I've sadly like feel that there's so many women out there who are treated like lesser than. Yeah. And are victims of like sexual abuse and just like, you know, guys that they can't trust, whether sure. it's like a dad or, you know, a coach or boyfriend or whatever. And and with the guys, I just, you know, I just feel like that's just kind of how guys are. Like we're a little like rub elbows with each other mm. and kind of a little more like buddy buddy and stuff. Sure. And she's like, huh, that's and oh, and I think I remember saying something too of just like being raised with like a chivalry, right? Like mm-hmm. Like, hey, it's not my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I was it's a southern in the thing. South yeah. Where you open doors for women, yeah, or else you get kicked in the face. Yep. And um, and I and and as I'm explaining this, I'm like kind of like backtracking. Like I'm mm. being honest, but I'm like, oh my god, like she's gonna think I'm such like a gender, like whatever, gen- sure, gender phobe or like I polarize people into sexes and like I'm you know closed minded and mm. like I think women are weaker because I have to be chivalrous and stuff. But I was just being really honest and sure. Uh, Anyway, she, um, she was like, man, that's, that's interesting. No, I get that. And like, I respect that about you. Have you ever thought about who, about men who may need more of that sensitivity and compassion or may have been victims of like sexual abuse or may have been like gone Hmm. through difficulty? Maybe, maybe you could adjust and meet, like meet that with the same care that you have towards females. Oh, wow. And I was just like, uh, (laughs) yeah, like that'll stop. Like. That'll stop you. And that was so loving. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and like, like she, she could have like picked me apart. Sure. She one, she's like really smart, fucking sure. smart lady. Yeah. Yeah. You don't <laughs> and, get to that level without yeah. Being, yeah, and she so she's just hmm. awesome, like a great human. Um, but then I like honestly, she was one of the first few people that I'd been like that close with that was part of like lgbtq community and i was like oh my god dude she she deserves to pick me apart because like this question is showing my own like genders sure I, uh like what's i can't think of the word like the yeah, construct is a yeah. thing yeah, or biases and i, and I almost like, wonder too if like were you dealing with any of like something i feel is a is a big difference in the northwest versus living in the south was a natural uh, i don't want to over this is not meant to over stereotype anything yeah. In the South, it would be a lot more common to hear a comment or a response to be, well, they need to just man up. Oh, dude. 100%. And here it's a lot more like, no, maybe there are some men that were sexually abused or yeah. are just innately more uh, kind. Like my 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 uh, middle boy, Rowan, is just yeah. a feeling soft, tender. Like he ne- he doesn't need that bro side of things. Yeah. He needs somebody to really push into how he's feeling and what right. he cares about. Were you dealing with any of that at that time when she said that too? Like, or was it just, did it melt you to a place of like, oh my God, I never considered this. I think it was more the latter of just like, mm. I've never thought about that. And like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't treat people with my own, uh, um, whatever the word is, disposition or assumptions about what they need. Yeah. 
you know, like. But you still do that, right? I mean, I do, man. Like, I'll, you know, yeah. I'll open doors um, for people, but sure. like, I don't see a woman and like rush in front of her and be like, oh, let me get this yeah. because I think you deserve me to show Chivalry you. Chivalry is the, dead. You're the yeah. sex. Yeah. And then your like, wife's like, hey, why are you open doors for all these women? Like, yeah. what are you trying to do? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then I'm like, pull the door shut as she walks <laughs> yeah. in behind me. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> no, I, uh, um, yeah, I, I think it was just a really gentle, Hey, can I offer you some perspective? You know, yeah. and I think she could. I, like, I was afraid she was actually going to like call me out for being, uh, for genderizing people, because this was like right. This was, I mean, this was yeah, that's right. seven or eight years ago. Yeah. But this was back when we're like it's starting to become a hot topic, yeah, right? More yeah, like pronoun specific. Yeah, and, like, sure. The you know like cisgender and stuff, and sure. like the third third uh, they them like stuff. All that was coming up, and so. I was waiting for like this huge, like, just strike me down. Be like, if you're going to lead people, you need to like get in line and, and not lead into like these old stereotypes of men and women. Yeah. But she didn't, she just challenged my thinking. And so I, hmm. um, so that was, so we need more people like that in the world. Dude, that's just beautiful. If maybe she's listening to this, like what a cool way to maybe. lead. Like that is the way to lead people. Right. Yeah. It's not to like, forcefully come in and commandeer and be like the the i can be an a-hole because like i'm the boss i earn this power but to go can i ask you a question i know i see this in you yeah and like that tender like that is such a better way of leading people oh yeah yeah Hmm. well and and this little sidestep to to speak about this gal um she was marrying her partner yeah. So this was this was also an invitation to a gay wedding. This was also back to that. This company had announced like that their CEO, CEO was gay yeah. and such. Um and so like there were some of my colleagues who would like did not want to go to her wedding because of their own like uncertainty and objection, right? From their faith perspective. And I'm yeah. just like, hell yeah, I'm going. Like yeah. <laughs> I love this lady. Like yeah. she's awesome. And and so that's where I think this, like, so this, this was me trying to fast forward through like 2010 to 2018. This is where <laughs> having lived in Tacoma, I was like, wow, like there's this other layer of like that. Love this, love the person, hate the sin thing yeah. is like, you're never going to actually love somebody no. that way. Not I when mean, you see them as contaminated or something. Yeah. 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 And it's not to say like anyone who thinks that is, is not loving. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I think that. Or even showing up at a gay wedding. Like, yeah, no, I'll show up because I love you. I don't necessarily dig all this, except that's not a medium point. The same people that say love the sin or hate the sin will go, no, I'm boycotting or no, I won't even show you love. I won't get you like, (laughs) you know what I mean? They'll cancel culture. Like a gay couple that wants a a bakery to make a cake (laughs) or like just even to have the same basic medical rights. Right. Because legally it's an, it's an entity recognized like, right. Yeah. If they get the same health care as me, regardless of who they love. Sure. Yeah. yeah like tell yeah. me where to sign. I will absolutely sign that petition. Yeah. yeah. So, so this was, so that was like, I came to, I came to become a church planner and I, I left here like just like feeling I don't know, just compelled to like love people better and differently. And like, was it still motivated out of a religious conviction or more of just a human humanity? I think 
somewhere along the line um that's a good question i think somewhere along the line i maybe in 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 this journey of faith was like if we're really if 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 we're really going to put our money where our mouth is and say that that like god and jesus are in control of all this stuff sure and they're like the power that is greater than me and there's like this spirit that's supposed to do all these things that I can't do or understand then yeah. like why the fuck am I out here trying so hard yeah it's a fair question and uh maybe I shouldn't ask it that way but that's what I was thinking is just like man like if if people walk away from Danny feeling loved like that's better than me telling them about Jesus and then walking away from me feeling unloved. And it's so much easier for you to go, how do I love them while also showing them that I don't support their actions? Like, right. No, just freaking love people. Like it'll work out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. How do you love people, but, but hate the sin in a way that actually like pragmatically plays out in a day to day. Cause it always comes across as no, I don't love you. And I don't, I not only do I not accept who you are and what you're choosing to be. I also don't accept you. Like I've never seen it. I've, I've, I've yet to hear a conversation where someone's like, you know, back when I was this, I was converted because they really knew how to love me, but hate my sin. <laughs> like that's never yeah. been uttered. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and that's where, again, I think it's like, and maybe we'll get to this, maybe we won't, but, uh, that's where I think that the actual separation is, is like the emotional estrangement of yeah. just, instead of there being angry God, who's, who's mad and like, uh, doesn't want anything to do with us until we say the name of Jesus until yeah. we cry out Jesus. Like I think more so of God being loving and our, our fear, ego and shame being what keeps us from feeling loved. Yeah. And so, so and so to me, like mm, I think I couldn't have said that four years ago, but I think that was already happening in my heart and my mind through trying to love people better, not even trying to love people sure. better, figuring out what it looked like to love people better. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so weird because I don't think I intended to do it. I yeah. think it was just because I was forced by people like that who cared about me and didn't try to change me, but just tried to help, help me. Like yeah. they just tried to challenge me and that, and they, and they accepted me even if I didn't think the same way they did, that was loving. And that's where I was like, shit, like I want more of this. Yeah. Anyway, go on. No, I, d- I don't remember what I was going to say. It's okay. Like I, I ranted. No, it was, no, it's so good. I'm trying to think about like, um, I can tell you how I got back to Tacoma. Yeah. Tell me that. Like, <laughs> tell me how you got back here and, and yeah. what's happened since then. Yeah. So this is somewhere now, some of these stories are, are putting us somewhere around like 2017, 2018. And I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to succeed in my career. I'm still trying to figure out this church thing. And meanwhile, I'm watching like every church leader I know, like self-destruct Yeah. and not like self-destruct. Like, I mean, there were the guys who like just left it all and went and got a, like a hooker and married her and like left their wife and kids. Yeah, like, sure. That, happened. that really did happen. Yep. <laughs> but like the guys I was with, like one of which was driving to go get a haircut and literally like white, white noise his his mind like blank slated and he just he had to call his wife and get help and had to take like a six-month sabbatical and get 
mentally well. Wow. Um, another quit the ministry altogether and went and drove a, a combine in Indiana. Oh my gosh. Like, so, and then ultimately, well, we'd left Tacoma and sadly, like a friend that we both know took his life. Yeah. Um, who was, it was a leader of the church as well. And it's just like, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, this God that's supposed to be good, this church community that's supposed to be good. Um, I'm experiencing this in other places like yeah. my workplace. And meanwhile, these guys who are supposed to be like the more mature ones of us are in more emotional anguish and turmoil than yeah. anybody I know up and to the point of death. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, they are putting too much burden on themselves and all this bullshit about like, Oh, like it's, you know, yeah, life's going to be hard. Sure. But like your work shouldn't be, you being a pastor shouldn't be what's making like everything worse for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could tell you working in the church, like we joked about this earlier, but like, where did it end me? Like I was miserable. I was yeah. an alcoholic. My wife and I were about to divorce. We had four kids. Right. Like I was literally she left town i was like i think i'm gonna kill myself and that was my like oh man it was i was like it was higher than 50 50 of like whether or not i would yeah like it was that serious and yet there's something about being in the church where in leadership you have to have it all together right like i'd be at the store and i'd grab a bottle of vodka and like of course i run into an old choir lady Heath, is that you? I'm like, yeah, it's me. Oh my God, why did vodka? Huh? Like, oh yeah, so buying it for a friend or what? Like, yeah. So I had these vices that, in the church world, would be career-ending. Yeah. Yet if I was working at a retail store or something, I'd be like, yeah, he's got to get his his stuff together, yeah. but he'll he'll figure it out. And so that was really difficult for me too. Is this morale? Like, it wasn't just what we were doing to harm ourselves, but it was the morality behind it yeah. that was actually the disqualifier of faith right or like being able to work in a faith-based organization well and what did you so what did you think about yourself like what when you internalize like oh i'm drinking way too much like what did you think about yourself like what was your what was your well my thought was i'm hopeless like there's nowhere to go i can't tell my senior pastor and him yeah. go like hey buddy we're gonna work through this together we don't not make it a big deal. We don't need to go public with it because right. I've never seen that done in the church. It's always been like, well, Mr. So-and-so has been let go from eldership because of this. Right. Like there's no, it all has to be public. Right. And so I drink and I was, I mean, rock bottom and thinking this is my life. Yeah. I, th if I am going to provide for my family, cause I don't have a stellar resume in the secular world. Cause I always right. worked in the church or Christian music or whatever. I either start again at 35 with a right. target middle of the night stocking shelves job and that wouldn't pay for the lifestyle I lived. Yeah. So I felt trapped. I felt alone. And I felt like the only hope I had was knowing that, that that would happen again the next night. Yeah. The only thing that gave me hope mm. was not the message I believed in or the people I worked with or man, I'm in Christ. I'm free. It was, if I make it through tomorrow night, I get to reward myself by drinking myself to sleep again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 
No, dude. I, <laughs> I try I to mean, be honest on no, it. Like, it probably is career ending, no, but I appreciate yeah. you. I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that because, like, I think I think that is. I mean, I ask because, like, you know, I honestly, I I feel like if I asked some of those guys back then, they wouldn't have been able. They wouldn't have been honest. Well, if I was like, working oh, a retailer and I'm like, hey, bro, I need three months off. I've, I got to go to rehab. Yeah. You'd be like, dude, get it. Like, yeah, yeah let like, us know when you're back. Will. And yeah. like, you might even get a card from the staff going like, we believe in you. We love you. We care about you. Yeah. That same, me pulling my senior pastor aside going, dude, I need three months off because I need to go to rehab would have been yeah. career ending yeah. because it's not just he needs help. It's he is at right. his core a failure who is not equipped to lead this congregation right right. and like like and yeah somehow you misappropriated the the spirit that's supposed to have been enough you just didn't let it be enough to like save you from that particular sin well yeah and then it gets more complex right because then you go he's not fit for leadership in this church yet every single week i have people coming up to me going the words you spoke today or the way you said this yeah like changed my life it brought my husband back to church so on one hand i'm hearing these amazing wins, but yeah. also going, am I a fraud or is this all just a giant game? Am right. I like, uh, it was really disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. And that's, I mean, that's like, I think you hit the nail on the head of something that more recently has been um, eye opening to me is like both. I, I think, I think the church in particular evangelicalism married the cult married culture mm. married a segment of the culture sure to advance itself um and so that being said the church well american culture i think only puts value on people who add value sure and in the church that's even more so yeah right? way more so so it's like if you're doing great things for God, then you're more valuable. You're more committed. You're like sure. a better member. You're more mature. You're more qualified. Hmm. And if you don't, then you're instantly lesser than, Sure. you know, and, and that's like, we do that same thing in, in culture here, like in America, just yeah. in general. But yeah, dude, that's it's just funny. Cause in the secular world, it's like a old duh that happens. Yeah. In the church world, man, I'm, I'm watching politics. I'm watching, yeah people wrestle with other people i'm watching power dynamics i'm watching manipulation and coercion yeah and yet it's painted under this really bizarre lens i mean it's almost like actors showing up on a set and they go like wait i know i had beers with you last night and you were brad pitt but now i see you and you're this like right and that was just a whole new level of politics. It was like a secondary realm right. that you have to figure out how to life's hard enough. Yeah. What's even harder is figuring out how to do the same sort of like underhanded evil conniving yeah. bull to one another yet cloud it in something sacred. Right. I, it's just so disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It sucks. So where are you at now? Like, well, so let me, let, I'm going to fast. I'm going to burn through this getting back to Tacoma because I want to get. Because this could be like 10 hours. Like I'm having a yeah, lot of fun. I know. Fun this is great. I think we're already actually almost, uh, I think we're like an hour and five minutes maybe. Anyways, nice. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll try to. Three uh, hours. We'll be done. Good. I promise. Keep, keep it good. Um, so I left here pretty burnt out on church. Sure. Um, I left here 
pretty burnt out on work and I moved to Texas, had a better job for a little bit that got cut because of COVID. Sure. And moving back to Texas had that cultural regression that I talked about of just okay. like feeling like I'd, I'd gotten to a place of like sensitivity and compassion and understanding and like curiosity and sense like, you know, care for one another. And then we got back to Texas and everyone's just like, boy, <laughs> yeah, here we go again that's how they start every sentence down there um <laughs> and dude don't get me wrong like there's there's some stuff like texas is progressing but i literally felt like i was reliving the last 10 years all over again i'm like oh god oh, here wow. we go again like sure and so and then you couple that with 2020 election which we were there for and mm. this american christian nationalism thing and like literally being in a church where i'm like I've, we finally found a presbyterian church that was really good. Okay. And it was the first time I could ask these questions I was asking and not have someone tell me I was a heretic. Sure. Or that like, uh, well, we'll just agree to disagree and I'm going to continue to show you the brotherly love of Jesus. Like, yeah. Like uh, you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah, and, and I'll love you until you figure it out, yeah. but I'm going to win. Yeah. yeah. So this, it, like I'd sit down with this pastor and he'd be like, brother, I love the way you think. Like, these are such great questions. And I'm like, <laughs> cool man like does that mean like we can be cool towards lgbtq now because like that's i really want to do that yeah like, and no no christian expression i've been in has ever like permitted it hmm. um and so uh and so so that was a decent experience but then this american christian national nationalism thing happened and i'm like people are telling me i can't love jesus and and vote democrat or or even more so not vote republican sure and I'm just like, how can I even sit in the church with these people? Yeah. Like, not like I'm better and they're worse, but I'm like, these are very polarizing. Yeah. Like, this is a big deal. This is like Jesus and the Pharisees big deal. And of course they're, they would argue that like, I'm the Pharisee and I would argue they're the Pharisee. And I'm sure. like, did Fox news tell you that? Yeah. Did anyway, do you um, feel like, um, do you think it'd be more godly not to vote? Me. Like rather than the less of two evil, lesser of two evils to just I, go. Yeah, I I'm not do, even gonna throw it. Honestly, I, I mean, I, 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 I think when I, if like this whole heaven thing works out for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, me too, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm counting on it. I'm pretty sure that like Jesus isn't gonna roll up and be like, "Hey, here's some good things you did and some bad." Like, "Hey, uh, that voting thing, man, yeah. you really fucked that one up." Like, 20, you, 2024. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Like, man, <laughs> I thought I made it clear in Joshua, like, in this random verse that you should have voted Republican. You did. Yeah. Sure, he swore a bit more, but he was a Republican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, Jesus. Oh, uh, just he grabbed him by the pus yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But he was a red state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anyways, but um so so I, I let so I lost my job. I'm in Texas. I'm like, dude, I I don't want my kids growing up. I'd rather my kids experience a wide swath of of like culture. Yes. Yes. And try to help meander navigate them through it, that. Yep. Then, then to be in this like hyper funneled culture hmm. that then I have to break them out of. Yeah. And so I was like back to the Northwest. Okay. And so, um, and so we we like literally hail married it and like 
packed up all our crap in the car this time except it was like when we first moved up here in 2010 it was in a it was like with one u-haul trailer sure like the trailer not a truck just like the yeah sure by 12 and this time it was like kids beds kids toys oh yeah Yeah, that's up legos yeah tvs couches like I'm like, so oh, let me God. stop you real quick because there's a big question that could divert us massively. Yeah. I don't think it needs to, but it could. Where was your wife in all of no, this? No, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if she was like, Danny, yeah. I trust you. What you believe is best for our family. We're going. Or was Dude, she always in agreement? Or was there like, no, this is getting really exhausting. Both. Or It was all of it. Okay. So now my wife is a person probably embodies like you and I've talked about this, like yeah. the, the Enneagram nine. Yeah. She, that's Kathleen, my wife as well. Yeah. The funny thing about your wife. What's funny. About I like you a is... lot. No, no, listen, I like you a lot. And I liked you before you left here. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said a word to your wife. Okay. Well, I don't even know if she would that. know my name. Like if you're like, I'm hanging out with yeah. Heath tonight. If she'd be like, who? It's like, we're just in total, like you and yeah. I are close, but her and I are in, Oh, different yeah. solar systems. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, we'll we'll fix that. Yeah, that's fine. We we can plan that for 2022, <laughs> which will be this time by the time the podcast is out. That's right. This year. We'll um, do it. But I didn't know if she checked along with you or if it was like it was I'm kind of getting you sick you of said. you driving across the country all yeah. the time with our family. We need to like yeah. root up somewhere. So r- my wife is a combination of a few things. I think at her core she wants safety and comfort and wants to avoid pain security yeah um she's also um, her christian experience was was somewhat conservative but was uh not to the degree mine was sure of like some pretty pretty awful things that i experienced i think and um and so she, I think at her core would still think of herself being like slightly, uh, I hate to say this, but just to be honest, I think yeah. she would say she's probably subservient in some, some manner. So like, sure. Now I, I used to think like, <laughs> great, the woman needs to follow the husband, but yeah. now I'm like, okay, honey, like that's cool. But like, I really want to hear from you and like, yeah, what's how, our voice? Yeah. Like what, how can what we do is this our together? Voice? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that shift was maybe not her. It, she didn't need to shift it and be more assertive, even though I would have welcomed it. Uh, but I think I'm having to shift and be more sensitive. Yeah, me too. I'm in the um, same boat, dude. Yeah. So, um, so basically she, didn't love Texas and was up for Northwest again. She really missed Tacoma. Actually, it was her saying how much she missed Tacoma that I think started it, me thinking about it again. Now that you asked that. Oh, wow. So it was actually her voice that like, like spurred prompted this that. whole thing. Now, me moving her across the country, dragging our family through yeah, all sure. this stuff. Like, you know, her. Yeehaw. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. all that stuff, she probably would have been like, stop doing this to yeah. us. But um especially yeah. like young parents i mean yeah. it's can we just find a place that's us and just stop right yeah yeah huh okay so so we moved back here um and at this point 20 just moved at the beginning of this year I, like the pandemic was a blessing because we didn't have to go to church yeah um which was like for most people uh i mean it it 
it showed to me that the church creates value by butts and seats on Sunday. Yeah. And outside of that, like yeah, it gets iffy. Yeah. And the parishioners or attendees or, or church going people, I think were also like, okay, if I don't have butts and seats on Sunday, what do yeah. I have? And I think a lot of people have questioned it. Sure. I was just like, dude, I'm, I'm tearing this whole thing down. You know, it started with yeah. like, yeah. Uh, penal atonement. It started with like, yep. you know, um, some racist American roots. Oh, dude, I mean, yeah. that was a big one. The first one for me, yeah. colonialism and then penal substitutionary atonement. <laughs> like once those two left and then, the, and then, uh, and then a, a swift, like within my, so penal substitutionary atonement is a theory of how Jesus died or the purpose of his death yeah. at the cross. So, you know, in America it's, um, penal substitutionary atonement. There are many atonement theories, but this that one, great. this is the Heath Wikipedia version. I'm just trying to fill people in that are not like super religious yeah. to Christianity. So that what that rule means is, or what that theory suggests is that Jesus was a blood sacrifice. So you had a God who was so angry at humanity that he needed an innocent uh, sacrificial yeah. lamb to take the beating of the burdens, bear the weight of the sins of the world, and then put that on himself. I used to believe that. Most of American evangelicalism does. I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. So colonialism and then atonement theories falling apart. And then the swift uppercut was a realization that most American evangelicals view of hell is based off Dante's Inferno and not off cultural readings of the actual like texts. Right. So when my concept of literal hell fall apart, then universalism became like a part of my yeah. theology. And the next thing you know, I'm like, I don't even know. Was that disorienting? Oh my God. It still is. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I would say the last two years of my life have been the dark night of my soul. Yeah. Like yeah. staying up in bed after my family goes to sleep almost every night wrestling with my idea of this thing that used to be my anchor yeah. that I based my eternity on is not at all what I thought it was. And what's next to slip? Right. You know, like what else goes like at where I'm if in 40 years from now, I'm going to look back and go, I can't believe I believed any of that. Like, right. Yet I find that there's a piece of it that, that I still find so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, but there was like three or four of those uppercuts at a time that were like very disorienting and were yeah. like, and then I read a book that was a final kick. It was the final Jenga block that made the whole thing collapse. Right. And for me, that was, it's like when you buy furniture at Ikea yeah, and you get it out and you're like, oh, you're going to love this entertainment center. And it's like 65 pieces or whatever. Yeah. You put it together and then you're like, oh no, it, it's, it's built wrong. We got to take it back. And you're like, yeah we can deconstruct this thing, but there's no way it's going back in that box. Yeah. That's where I'm at with my faith right now. Yeah. Is yeah, a yeah. sense of like, that's a good analogy. It's all out of the box. And I still greatly appreciate some of those pieces. Yeah. But trying to ever fit it back into some sort of form or structure that yeah. is embraced by many, like never happening. I'll be yeah. showing up at Ikea with Fred Meyer bags taken out. Like, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like screws and yeah, <laughs> Home Depot yeah, yeah. bags and all that. Oh man. Yeah, dude, that's a great analogy. I'm gonna, I might have to reuse that. You can but, have um, but yeah, dude, that's. I mean, so there were definitely those similar pillars for me that got like chopped yeah. down. You know, I think, I think for me, I was just like, well, let me. I mean, well, then my me, other thing was like, how many of my teachers that I look up to and greatly value are middle-aged, well-to-do white men? Yeah, 
And then you hear songs about people that are on the underside of the system going, we actually never read the passages that you're reading yeah. in the way that you and most of your tribe does. Yeah. And let's present this new idea. And I go, oh my God, that's actually so much more beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, it was really, it's so, it's a disorienting. So, I mean, was that it? Was, so it yeah. sounds like that, like that racial like tension was it for like, what was it for you that you think like set you off to, to start tearing stuff down? And, and I say tearing yeah. stuff down, not that that was your mission, but maybe that's what, what was the outcome? So like, what so was it that set you I off think I would say I'm in this fight and all these things are coming to the surface and I'm like taking the hits and striking back and taking the hits and striking back. And there was like a one, two punch that just never let me recover. Yeah. It was like the referee came over and tapped me out. Yeah. The first one was 2016 where I went so much of the tribe that I've always identified with. I am at absolute different odds mm. and I can't justify their decisions based off what the, the same way I'm reading this text. And right. so for me, 2016 was I'm already weary. I'm three rounds in that one just about clobbers me. Yeah. And then I read this book called What is the Bible by Rob Bell. Okay. And that was my jungle block. Yeah. I was on a trip to Columbia. I was actually doing a teach. Uh, like You're going to paint a, some walls and build some buildings? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I was uh, I was finishing my master's degree. And I actually had, I was doing a, uh, my this show that I talk about on the podcast a lot, a show I wrote called Our Playful Universe. It's like a 60-minute TED Talk. And I was performing it in Columbia. And I remember on the flight down, I started reading this book. And seven hours later, I'm still reading the book. And I couldn't go to sleep. And the oh, next day, gosh. I was reading the book. And it's like 380 pages. Like, yeah. In two days. And it just... I could never... Like... I could not recover from that. Yeah. And then it shifted... It's like... It shifted the way I view everything. Yeah. It was so much of a strike to my preconceived notions of the Christian faith. Yeah. In a beautiful way. Like it was a beautiful strike and I'm grateful that it happened. But that book was one that I could never ever recover from. And every single thing I saw from there on out was through the lens of a different, of, of a, not necessarily, it didn't give me a different lens. It just took the glasses I was wearing off and threw them in the trash can. And I couldn't see anything the same again. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's that makes crazy. sense. Yeah. Do you, uh, okay, I have a one word question, for, or I have a one word. I'm going to ask you a question, and I just want one word answer. Are you glad you're back in the Northwest? Yes. And, w- and now here's one that you could add, answer more than that. <laughs> like, answer, and we'll have you back on of it. Like, there's a lot more s- still to tell. How old are you? I don't know. 30? Somewhere near 40. I think I'm 39. No, I'm 39. I'll be, I'm turning 40 this oh, year. Oh, you're uh, older than me. Next year. Okay. Well, this year. Well, I don't know. What's the, what is this year? <laughs> <laughs> I need a mathematician to yeah. figure like physicists to figure I'll this be, out. I'll be 40 in like six months. Okay. What would you say don't to, a, do it. to a 40 year old <laughs> that is like, if you came across yourself as a 40 year old still based in Texas, what would you, what would you as an having gone through your experience say to that person? Like to a peer of mine? Yeah. To yourself. Just, Okay. Wait, ask a question again. I'm confused. What would you say to yourself? Okay. If you could meet yourself right now as a 40 year old Texan version. Oh, that like didn't if have I any of the experiences. Any that, of the Northwest yep. experience. I gotcha. 
uh, I'd be like, well, boy, <laughs> well, boy, listen no. here. No, um, I'm fixing. Dude, I think I would be. Um, dude, honestly, bro, like, I think life would be pr- would be pretty good in my eyes. Okay. If I'd never lived in the Northwest. Um, and and I say this because like a lot of my friends that I left in like 2010, yeah, that were people that I'd spent 20 years of life with, mm. 15 years of life with, like I still keep in touch with them. Yeah. yeah. And some of them have like kind of, you know, journeyed That's off life. a little bit, but like some of them are like started a business and like they take care of their employees and wow. they like organize a bunch of hunting trips with their buddies huh. and they, um, uh, they love to go shooting. They love to barbecue and they love yeah. to drink light beer <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, like, sure. um, and they care about people and they care about doing good stuff and working hard, mm. you know? And Shiner like, some of them are, are asking these questions. They're just like 10 years ago, me asking these questions. They're like, you know, they have a, you know, they have a, an aunt or a sister cousin that came out of the closet. Right. Yeah. Sure. And they're like, man, like why, like why do I suddenly feel different about this person? Because my my church tells me I should, Hmm. you know? And, and like I I was at a Baptist church that we went, I don't, I still don't have an answer to this. Why <laughs> we decided to go to a Southern Baptist church when we got back to Texas, which was like the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And we went, we were encouraged to join the new members class. Right. Oh, we sure. sat through the whole thing. Look at you and there guys. was like a, b- a three ring binder with like 20 pages of like what we believe. And you're supposed to sign off at the end. Okay. And, uh, one of those was like that the church does not recognize or affirm or support like LGBTQ. Uh, and it's a Southern Baptist stance, you know, and so as a church at Southern Baptist, we're going to line around that, right? Sure. God, fucking, anyway. And I went up to the pastor afterwards. I actually knew this guy from like years back and uh, didn't know he was in Waco, but like we'd cross paths like in church sure. leadership at, back in the day. And I was like, dude, I was like, Covenant's great, man. Uh, agree with all that other stuff. It's fine. <laughs> I have a problem with this one. This yeah, one yeah. about the gays, <laughs> like yeah. the LGBTQ situation, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I was like, these are people I like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to exclude. And he's like, you know what? He's like, you know, I'll be honest. Like a couple years, my sister came out, had no idea wow. like, as a family, we worked through that. And he's like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, mm. I really don't. And he's like, I love my sister. Um, I love the Bible. I don't, I don't like, I don't know how to divide this stuff up rightly all the time, but like as a Southern Baptist church and at least where I'm at today, like this is what I, I do think we should agree to. And he's like, but you know, that may change. I just don't know, you know? So, but this is where we're at. Yeah. And I, I like, I was like, Hey, I respect that. Mm. So, you know, um, so I, did, I never signed member? that membership covenant. We stopped going to that church <laughs> after. What would you? What would have happened if you stayed and said I refused to sign that? No, I mean they. I would have just been a warm a body member. in a seat. So you couldn't vote members. on things. 
Yeah, or because you like, don't, you're not part of their tribe. Yeah, or be held accountable to anything that they were yeah. forcing me to do. Interesting. No, um, so I think like if I would have not ever come to the Northwest, I would be the I would be one of those Texans who's like, you know what, like I'm gonna rethink some things, but I'm just not gonna go too far, you know. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna keep doing stuff the way I do it. I'm gonna keep, you know, keep hanging with my my buddies and my dudes yeah. and like you know. If there's some black people I run across in my life, then great. But if not, like no big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out of my way. Yeah, you know. Um, and it, mm. it's just like I, I, maybe I, I spun that positively for a reason because like those are the things that I think are, you know, hey, you know what? Cool. Yeah. Like I get it. Um, but then there's the other part of me that's like, why don't you peel back some of those layers, man? Yeah. Like. Why don't you look at critical race theory instead of like listening yeah. to Vody Bauckham tell you that it's a bunch of nonsense and you're going to go to hell if you believe it. Like, why don't you think for yeah. yourself, you know? Which is difficult because for those who don't really know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Vody Bauckham's a black man, uh, very conservative in the Christian church. And so that would be a disorienting conversation for well, me. And he people. like, he's like blasted critical race theory saying that it's like, yeah. it's a new racism. And it's, I mean, he's also not wrong. Sure. I mean, there's liberal progressive ideology that is just as toxic as anything else that sure. you could pull out of a, out of a book on social structures. Like yeah, it's not to say one side gets a pass, but it's like, you know, like you said earlier, the thing that pushed you is just hearing some of those voices being like, you know, you, you like, can you take a step back from being white for a minute and yeah. just look at things from my view for a yeah, second? Exactly. And like, Hey, if you see some things that like I'm actually being an idiot about, like I'll listen to you, but can you at least take the step back and listen to me first? Yeah. And like, that's the thing that like, to me, that's critical race theory. Hmm. It's like, Hey, your predisposition to not see other perspective. Like, can you get that through your head? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Great. Like white people should learn that black people should learn that. Like we should all learn that. Like, Hey, by the way, if you learn critical race theory in school, like guess who's going to learn it? Everybody. Yeah. Everyone. It's not like it's not like it's yeah. just exclusive to white people learning this thing. It's just saying, hey, in this historical narrative of which you happen to be a part, it's created some tendencies that you may not be aware of. Yeah, totally. You know, I thank God that those actually are brought to light. I mean, hell, they could yeah. teach critical race theory in Africa and just with about Africans. Totally. And it yeah. and it would have the same implication. Hey, tribally, mm. culturally, you've thought in this way that if you were dropped into this other culture you'd act with these predispositions that you probably wouldn't even notice. Yeah. It's like, it's not it a big deal. Um, anyway. So yeah. I think if I'd skip the Northwest, I'd be that Texan guy. That's like trying to plod through these things. But like, yeah, I'd be yeah. still within a, in a, yeah, in a box. How are we doing on time, man? This is a, let's call I mean, this is a nice, probably the longest one I've ever done. Maybe second longest. Uh, will you come back and do this again? Yeah, sure. All right. Thanks. Um, is that it? Yeah, you want to say anything else? Thanks, everybody. No, I, dude, I, this is great, man. I, um, yeah, I just hope some of that story, maybe we'll get to talk more, but trying to give some context, but man, yeah, it's fun. These are the things I love wrestling with, and like, me too. I guess I'll just say, at least to end cap, where we've come so far is like, um, I think there's, good and bad to be looked at and like really like you had brought up that one point about your your kind words of 
thinking that I'm not cynical. <laughs> yeah. And I try to balance this, but yeah. like, I just want to try something different. Yeah, sure. I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm not saying everything we've ever done is wrong. I think the word for me for 2022 is try something different. Yeah. And like, just do it with, with this, you know, passion to look at things critically and just say like, Hey, like, let me take a step back and see what, what is that control here? Like what Mm. is, what's happening? You know, is this fear? Is this like a shame thing? Is this an ego thing? Like, is this someone else controlling what I think? Am I thinking for myself? Like, I don't know. Like, let me just wrestle with this stuff. Let me see someone else's perspective. Yeah. And let me just try something different and maybe I'll try it and I'll be like, Oh no, that was bad. Like at least you've done it. Yeah. And if you need some encouragement to like, maybe just try it. It's funny you say that because literally my last episode was finding yourself butt naked in a Swiss lake. Oh yeah. That is the purpose of the whole entire podcast. So if you need that encouragement, go back and listen to the last episode, butt naked in a Swiss lake. And, uh, and then we'll do this again, uh, with something or some topic next week, but we'll have Danny back on. Oh, great. Thanks man. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heath in Pursuit podcast. We look forward to being back with you next week. For more information on the various works of Heath Hollandsby, please visit heathinpursuit.com.